Hello, everybody, and welcome to the C2C podcast. I'm Jeremiah Nicholson, and today I'm joined by Zoe Layton, and we're going to talk a little bit about community organizing. Hello. Uh, so just to get things started, I wanted to ask, how did you first become involved in community organizing? So I first became involved in community organizing in college. It was actually my first year of college. Um, I got involved with a group called Campus Action for Democracy, and it was right after the 2018 midterms was when I got involved. So I was like kind of halfway through the year, but I had seen people out canvassing, doing surveys of people on campus, asking what issues were most important and relating that to the local elections that were going on and trying to build kind of this base of community power on campus and started going to those meetings and ended up uh, being co-president of that organization for about a year where we designed a campaign around healthcare equity on campus. So trying to make sure that people who were on public assistance, who were on Medicaid with the state, were able to access healthcare on campus and weren't isolated um, from the care that they needed. That's awesome. That's that's really cool to hear. Um, and, and going off of that, um, I wanted to talk about some things you learned specifically do you have any core principles for building community relationships? Yes. So I think like the first thing that I learned and the thing that I think the most about still is that relationships aren't transactional. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, for example, if I'm building a community relationship, even if I'm working on an individual level with someone, it's not transactional. And I wouldn't say that whatever work we're doing isn't for that person. It is, um, I'm in relationship with someone. So it's not for, it's together. Um, so we're in relationship together because we both know that we're going to benefit from that relationship because when, when we're building community relationships, we're strengthening the community and we're creating something sustainable that's going to benefit everyone, that's going to make it a better quality of life for everyone involved. So it's not transactional, it's mutually beneficial. Um, and we know that when one person one person is empowered that ripples throughout the community and makes us all better. Awesome. Exactly. And and yeah, I think at the end you touched there, community can mean a lot of different things. And and you know, obviously you can be uh or maybe not obviously, you can be a part of multiple communities at a mm-hmm. time. You know, there's your family, your friends, your neighborhood, your religion, um hobbies, interests, you know, a whole whole wide spectrum of things. Um and the, the ripple effect that you talked about, I think, is really key. Um, you know, teach somebody to give someone a fish and they're fed for a day, teach somebody to fish, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, and they, and they can replicate that positive effect in all the, the social circles that they're in. Yeah, that's, that's definitely something, one of the core principles, too. It's um, snowflake model. Um, so it's like you each have these individual networks, like you were saying. Everyone has networks that they don't always think about as part of that broader community. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I think we can get isolated in our little bubbles, like um, just this is my church community and it's separate from my work community. It's separate um, when in reality it's all connected. We're all interconnected and that's the point of building those re- relationships and why it's not transactional is because when we bring all those things together, we're more powerful. We have the support we need. Um and it, yeah, makes us all better. Yeah, absolutely. So I wanted to talk about some common obstacles to community building and methods you have to address them. Yeah, so I think, thinking about this, and I think one of the biggest things that I consistently have run into is there's honestly a stigma most of the time. There's a stigma that a lot of people have around 
reaching out for community support. Um, I think sometimes there's this sense of shame that people have um, on an individual level that if they're not able to reach their goals by themselves, they're not able to accomplish what they want to accomplish entirely on their own and separate from that community, that in some way they have failed or that needing to reach out for help is a personal failure, an individual failure, rather than um, the idea that a lot of people don't have the idea that connecting their community to their personal goals, that reaching out for that community support actually makes them stronger. Um, So I think that stigma and shame is one of the big things that when I'm building a relationship with people, um, I really want to work through that with them. I want to try to unpack why they feel that way, what struggles they run into personally, and then connect that to how really being in a broader community will help them and um, is the opposite of a failing. Awesome. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think especially in America, we have a very individualistic culture and you know humans are not individual creatures we're social creatures we're social animals and and we're meant to operate as a group and that's what makes us strong that's what that's why we're at the top of the food chain on the earth you know um our our ability to to work so 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 well uh as a as a unit as opposed to just an individual um so kind of kind of touching on that um could you talk a little bit about and well, I think we spoke about this earlier, you know, uh, teach somebody, give somebody a fish and they're fed for a day, teach somebody to fish. But the importance of empowerment over say like direct material aid, because obviously there are some situations where somebody needs help and they need Mm -hmm. it now, you know, they need food, they need shelter. Um, and you know, that that's all well and good, you know, Everybody, I think, should try their hardest to to make sure that nobody's hungry or, or out in the yeah. streets. But uh, empowerment, in the way we've talked about, I think, kind of comes in differently. Yeah. So I think the big thing is that long-term power and sustainability piece of it. Um, so, of course, everyone needs those direct, immediate needs met. But I think when we talk about building community, we talk about building relationships, it's expanding the scope of that Um because just doing that um, direct aid on that individual level, like we were talking about, especially in the U.S., we do, I think, have this very um, strong sense of indiv- individualism um, and that you have to go it alone, that it makes you weaker to reach out for a community. So I think it's about um, going beyond the individual and bringing that collective together. Um, and again, like I was talking about, it, it ripples out. So empowerment, having community empowerment makes a sustainable community, um, if that makes sense. So having a collective sense of responsibility and agency over your own life, over your own community is what's really essential because then in the long term, if there's a community need, because often the problems you face as an individual are not unique to you. You're not alone in that. It can feel like you are and it can feel isolating and that's completely valid. But when you realize that you're not alone in that, it gives you a sense of agency again. Because you don't have to struggle alone and you can build that community. So in the future, when needs come up, you reach out to your community. They'll often say, I'm facing the exact same thing. 
and you can work together for longer term solutions. You can build that power. You can go to the people who have the power to maybe make that change. Um, and if you're together in that, then you're going to be able to make that long term change that's needed. That's definitely something to take to heart. Absolutely. Um, all right. I always say at the end of the episodes, I wish we had more time. But for now, I'll say thank you, Zoe, so much for joining us. Yes, thank you for having me. And thank you, listeners, for tuning in to the C2C podcast out almost every Friday. Thank you.